Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third episode of Tay Talk, the official podcast of the Kotaku Reader Run community. Talk amongst yourselves. Today, I'm here with my co-host Rare, and we're welcoming back Pyramid Headcrab to the show. And now we have Sir Marth One here to be sarcastic. Of course. I mean, what else would I do? His only purpose. Yes, yeah. that is his That's... only purpose. That's my entire purpose in life. That was actually why I was created. See, I wasn't born. I was kind of formed. The Earth found itself needing something sarcastic. So just witty and unnecessary that it just needed to happen. And thus, well, thank God I we have created. a poet. <laughs> yeah. So video games, we've all been playing them, I can assume. Nope. Except for you, yeah. He's just here for sarcasm. Yes. Yes. I've actually never played a video game. I mean, those things are for nerds. Like, I watch sports. I go to bars. Like, video games, man. Like, whatever. Well, like, that's just your opinion, man. Well, well, listeners of the show who've listened to previous episodes will know that's bullshit since you went on for, like, an hour and a half about E3. (laughs) What's an E3? It's a thing. Does it taste good? No. It tastes like marketing. That's that's yeah. true. That does sound pretty bad. Yeah. So, video games. Let's talk about them. Well, that's not broad. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's well, that's simplified. very direct. What have people been playing lately? Because I've got some stuff to talk about. But should I start? Because I just sure. Finished. Yeah, you go just finished the game. Go Do for it. it, man. Okay, I just finished uh, Life is Strange probably about thirty minutes ago, and it was uh, good, but it ended so so poorly. The, well, apparently you got only... the bad ending. Yeah. Well, apparently. Good. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, apparently they put all their eggs in one ending and just expected you to pick that one. So if you didn't, you got, like, a not very good, but... What they're saying even... is, you're bad at the game. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> but, no, the, the problem that I had is, like, it's almost like they set up a bunch of bowling pins or whatever, right? And then instead of, like, bowling down those pins or whatever, like, is the whole point of bowling, they went to another lane and bowled down that lane and said, fuck it. What? So, like, no, seriously. Because it, it feels like it's building up to some kind of dramatic climax that never really happens. Like, it gets it gets really, really artsy towards the end, but it's not done in a particularly um, meaningful way. Like, it's not really using any kind of real real parable. Like, it almost seems to be look at this cool stuff we can do. It, 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 it really struck me almost like they, like they had a much bigger idea of what they wanted to do, but instead of letting it go like six or seven or eight episodes, they tried to wrap it up in just that last fifth episode. And it really, it kind of, kind of poisoned what was otherwise a pretty good experience for me. Well, I guess I could uh, see that. Yeah. And aside from that, I mean, I, uh, I played Bloodborne before as well. I yeah. really, I really didn't like that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, well, yeah, I, I played Life is Strange, and we talked about it actually on the very first episode. But I think I took the ending that you didn't, so, and then I didn't replay it. So I'm I'm assuming we had somewhat different experiences then, because from what I've heard and from what you just said, that the, the ending you got was not as good, or it didn't have as much polish to it. Less developed. Yeah, it was. What it he's was saying like, is, uh... DS is good at the game, and you're not. <laughs> Just saying. I suppose. No, but it's like 
it's like you're you're presented with a choice at the end, and it's and it's a straight binary choice. It's like you either pick one or the other. But in the one that I chose, and there's really no indication to say like this is the wrong choice, this is the correct choice. It's like the one that I chose. It's like a thirty second cutscene, and it runs like a really weird stuttery frame rate. Like you know, like how those Telltale games always run, where it doesn't look quite right. There's always like a bit of jank to it. It was very much that. Hmm. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. very, very visibly um, not the same polish as the rest of the game. That's why. That's why I was starting to think like they ran out of time. Or yeah, because the not... the ending that I got the uh, the other ending is like maybe like a five ten minute cutscene. It's pretty long. That's pretty impressive. Maybe yeah. it's more like five. I might be exaggerating, but it was definitely a lot longer than the thirty seconds. Yeah, no, it was it was not great, and and one thing I wanted to say too, and I, I'm actually going to write an article about this at some point, but um, I don't know. I, I, I'm it's not on record now, PHC. Much. What? It's on record now. You have to make that article. Well, no, I am. I'm going to eventually. I was also supposed to make an article for Doom when that came out. That hasn't happened yet. Oops. But anyway, I remember you were talking uh, about that Doom article on the last episode you were on, and it still hasn't happened. <laughs> it never. It never. There is now an audible record. It mm-hmm. never happened, and it probably never will happen, but it's like so much shit in my life just blew up right around that same time, so I was like, forget it, I'm not going to bother. But anyway, it's like I've kind of really embraced like these these uh, interactive movies and walking simulators and stuff as my primary favorite form of like storytelling-type games. Like I used to really be into JRPGs, but I just cannot get into them anymore because it's like... Things like Until Dawn and A Wolf Among Us and stuff like this have basically replaced what those games did for me, but without the hours upon hours of grinding and battles and stuff between the plot actually happening. Um, But one thing I am disappointed with in this genre as a whole is that there is no real branching path. It's like there's a very clear, straight line from beginning to end, and that ending almost never changes. It's usually like a slight modification along the way. So it's like you still have the same starting point and the same destination, and you might go on different paths along the way, but it all converges back to a single point. Yeah. I see one of these games where on a single playthrough, you can't possibly see most of the game. Like, you will only see like 25% of the content through any given playthrough, right? Because unless you actively seek out those other branches, you will never see them. That's what I want to see. I want to see like 16 different endings where like, Three endings can only be accessed by a choice, like in the first quarter of the game. Oh, that'll be kind really neat. I'd play yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. it's didn't the Todd illusion Howard... of choice principle. Yeah, didn't Todd Howard promise that already? I mean, with uh, <laughs> what was it uh, Oblivion that he promised that? Shit, man, I'm pretty sure Peter Manio probably promised that with Fable at some point. <laughs> yeah, he probably. probably did. <laughs> Well, tell lies, tell me sweet little lies. Like that, <laughs> that that structure can be done. Uh, I played um, a text adventure. I want to say is the proper term, but it was like, <clears throat> yeah, I guess text adventure on uh, on Steam called Choice of Robots. It was like fifty cents. It was on sale. Well, wouldn't that, that be more of interactive fiction? That, yeah, that actually has that structure. You won't see most of that. Well, I don't know if you really call it a game, but you won't see most of that story through a single playthrough. Like you I think that's the issue. Well, that's like, for games specifically, it's hard for developers to justify like, hey, X percent of our game, some people will just never see because they don't go that way. Publishers feel like, well, I'm not paying for that. 
Exactly. It's it's something that's very doable with something like interactive fiction, where yeah. it really doesn't cost much to have that divergent choice. Whereas with a video game, you have to create assets that are only going to be used in some walk, some playthroughs, rather. So it's just an unnecessary expense from a publisher's point of view. I don't. I don't know that I would say that though, because there. I, I forget where I saw this, so it, it's going to sound completely anecdotal. I don't have anything to really back me up, but I, I want to say it was on like Jimquisition or something, or maybe one of Total Biscuit shows. But it was like uh, a lot of those big open world games, like your Fallout's and your Far Cry's and uh, and things like this. Even with Call of Duty, like most people do not ever touch the campaign in Call of Duty; they just go straight to the multiplayer. And in the big open world games, they don't do most of the side quests and most of the content that's actually in the game. And they definitely so, don't explore the whole world either. Yeah, no, I, no. I, I believe that, even without yeah, an that's, article. That's that's well known. I, I believe I've read the same thing. I forget where, but... But but, yeah. but if I look at it that way, like if you can build a Fallout 4 and you know full well that most of the side quests are not going to be explored and your, your, your gamer is essentially only going to experience like 20-30% of the content then the argument that they can't justify the expense to make a more linear experience, that, that seems a little bit moot to me. Because yeah. I, I think they could. I, and uh, I, I, it doesn't necessarily have to be a big, shiny AAA game with, like, Until Dawn graphics. Like, it could be... Like, it could look like those old Telltale games. Like, they, they look like shit. I mean, they look like PS2 games. You know, like uh, like Back to the Future, for example. That's an ugly, ugly game. So you can easily scale it down a little bit and save some money. So, I mean, it's doable if they choose to. Certainly. That's a decent counter argument. Mm-hmm. Yes, I accept it. So, what else have you been playing, PHC? Uh, I played Yoshi's Woolly World most of the way through, and that game's friggin' awesome. That's probably like my number three game of 2015 uh, after Soma and Until Dawn. No, I haven't played it, but I really like the way it looks. Yeah, the, honestly, the, the the look for me is kind of a bit of a drawback. I think it's really? more the way that they take the the idea of like um of like a yarn world of a yard of a world made of like crafting supplies and actually use that in interesting ways to let you explore the world and find secrets and stuff oh, that's uh, neat. i i guess the kirby one had the same kind of thing going on but the game i was just gonna ask if you played sorry i was just gonna ask if you played kirby's epic yarn because it's the exact same way and it's fantastic yeah no i, I never played the kirby one yeah i, uh, I actually but... own it but i've never played it <laughs> i don't know why <laughs> That's like half my collection, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else are you going to say? Oh, yeah, I mean, the other thing was, like, I mean, that Yoshi game is pretty much, like, the best Yoshi game, I would say. In, in that franchise, that's probably the best one. Like, even looking at Mario World 2 and Yoshi's uh, Yoshi's Story and all that stuff, that one's probably top of the class. Nice. Uh, I also played Bloodborne, and I just, I, I, I hate that game with every fiber of my being. Most people I know who played it really liked it. Now, do you hate it because it's cruel to you, or do you hate it for a different reason? I, I hate, hate it because you're it's, it's cruel to me, and I, and I feel like the mechanics... I don't want to say the mechanics are broken, but they don't gel at all with the way that I play games. So people will tell me, it's like, oh, you just got to figure out how to use this mechanic effectively. You just got to figure this out. But when I'm having fundamental problems, like where the dodge roll is not working for me because I keep running into scenery... Uh, or oh, where I just can't get like hyper precise timing because I just don't have that fast of reaction time. It's just not an enjoyable experience for me. I just I just can't get past that barrier to entry. That's fair. It. So yeah, it's definitely a series yeah. of games that's not meant for everyone. Yeah, definitely. Like I, I haven't touched any of 
like that or Dark Souls, since I don't think it meshes well with the way I like to play games either. So I'd imagine I'd have similar issues to you if I actually tried to play it. Yeah, it's 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 very very demanding. Like it's 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 literally like some split second input for oh, yeah, a lot yeah. of the essential controls to basically like stagger the enemy and get your hits in. It's just like you know what, this is just too much effort. I just don't want to deal with this. <laughs> you know, let me just shoot things. <laughs> yeah. Pew pew. Yes, I play lots of shooters. <laughs> And that's pretty much it for stuff I played recently. Yeah. I downloaded the Pokemon demo, but I haven't gotten to that yet. I was supposed to play it in Ottawa, but I got so friggin' tired up there, so... Yeah. So who's next? I'll go next. Alright, okay. So, easy first tie-in. Um, we were just talking about how you know, certain games have a lot of content, like Skyrim and Fallout, where most players don't even see it. And uh, I've been playing Skyrim Special Edition, and sure enough, upon going back and playing it again, I'm finding a whole bunch of content that I just never fucking saw before. Cool. Yeah, well, that's a big game. It's a fucking huge game. Like, I was just I, walking I, around, yeah, and you find an entire got, labyrinth. Just never yeah. even seen it. I never got very far in that. But now that Special Edition's out, I might consider going back to it. I mean, it's definitely still a five-year-old game. Like, you know, there's still... Nothing's changed from yeah. a gameplay perspective. It's just yeah. prettier. But it's still fun. Like, I, I think it's really on you as a player to just, like, set certain ground rules, like... Maybe you don't fast travel everywhere, or maybe you don't use certain mechanics because you know they're just broken to where it's everything's easy. I mean, that, it's kind of bad game design. It shouldn't be that way, similar to what a friend was telling me, where like the the player power curve of like here are the tools you need to effectively survive and like you know kick ass is not well made in Skyrim. Like it's really easy to get overpowered really quickly, but yeah, I, mean, I think I felt that when I first played it. Yeah, and I wish it wasn't that way because it kind of falls under the player to like rebalance the game either by upping the difficulty or like self handicapping yourself. But eh, like right now, I'm looking past it and just having fun. So it's a good romp to go back and enjoy things there again. And uh, then I've just been playing Civ Six a lot, like so much Civ Six. I haven't touched it. So good. I got a couple years ago. I got Civ Five, and then I got addicted to that. And I just completely stopped when I went back to school for the for the fall because I knew it would be bad if I kept playing. And then I haven't played a Civ game since. PHC, have you or uh, Sir Martha, have you played it? Nope. No, I tried. Me. I tried Civilization three once, and I just it was like, what? What is this? Is this Microsoft Excel? It's too much. <laughs> it's too much for me. I'm console gamer, so. <laughs> ah, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Well, uh, for. DS then, and anyone else who's listening who's played it. It's basically like Civ Five, very similar gameplay mechanics and general ideas of like you know, start off at such a point, expand, get tech, and then. But what's nice about Civ Six in comparison to its predecessor, and I feel like where it builds upon is, it's built into where, at certain junctures, upon gaining different government policies, you can basically stop what you're doing, and then you have like think of it as like a deck of cards where you get bonuses for certain things, like maybe you do more damage against barbarians, or you like your science facilities have more output, or your cities produce faster, or your religion does a certain thing. Uh, and you can basically shuffle that deck of cards and pick certain government policies you've unlocked and use those policies for a set amount of turns. So like, let's say, you know, I'm not in war, so I like maximize my gold and production output and I'm, like, churning out science, and then some asshole declares war on me, I can make it so my cities do more damage, I can make it so my defensive buildings build up faster, and, like, you can basically swap those on the fly oh, at certain really intervals. Useful. 
Yeah, so basically the whole game, instead of being like a general idea, like you could still do that. Like, like, like you know, you start the game like, all right, I'm going to play Korea, and I'm going to get a science victory. Like, you can still do that if you want to, but you can also have a whole bunch of micro decisions throughout the game of like, well, do I want more gold right now? Do I want more production right now? What's my opponent choosing? Do I need to react to that? And it doesn't feel overwhelming because it presents it to you at like certain set turn amounts to where you kind of get used to it. And then each individual segment feels like, okay, what do I want to do right now? Versus what do I want to do 20 turns from now or what I did 20 turns ago. And then you can also change government. So, like, you know, you start out as a chief. Then you can become, like, a monarch or a religious king. Uh, Then you can have democracy or fascism or totalitarianism or communism. And, like, you know, obviously that's later in the game. But it's just really fun. And, like, a bunch of techs unlock different government policies. Certain wonders give you more card slots so you can basically have more things active at a time. Um, and it's like it's just one mechanic, but it feels really all-encompassing of the idea of Civ Six being you're basically playing Civ Five with all the perks that Civ Five had, with additional better stuff. Uh, yeah, like just better polish and new mechanics like this government mechanic. Like the the religion mechanic is way better in Civ Six. Like instead of just walking over and like, hi, you're now Christians, you can have like religious wars where you're not actually at war, but like. You have religious units that can fight each other for religious power within different cities. So, like, you can send an inquisitor to be like, "Get out of here, heretics!" and just like kick out, you know, like Hinduism from your city if you don't want it there. That's interesting. It is. It is. So it's like a whole different kind of war. And there's also a, a religious victory now, which wasn't in Civ Five. So, like, if you convert every single civilization to be your religion in a majority of their cities, you win that way. So, you know, some civs that might be behind on tech. Or just like spam out monasteries and try to like you know through peace win that way. Like I know Gandhi tries to do that a lot. Um, Sumeria has done that a lot. A couple of their civs, but um, that's really interesting. And I you know I don't want to spend too long on it. But the general idea is like they took all of Civ Five and what people liked about Civ Five, made it better, and then added more stuff without being overwhelming, which is impressive to me. So it's just a really crisp game. Yeah, like it's a media buy. It sounds like it's very polished. It is. Like, I haven't come across any bugs. I haven't really found anything where I felt, like, stuck or, like, I didn't know what I wanted to do as a player. I feel like it gives you a lot of... It gives you a lot of freedom to do what you want to do. Um, and, I, and I guess it does It does kind of take some assumptions that you've already played Civ Five. I guess there's a tutorial that's actually pretty good, but obviously I haven't done it because I didn't really feel the need to. But if you've played Civ Five and you like Civ Five, you will like Civ Six. So I'll have to check it out at some point. Whenever you have a lot of free time. <laughs> yeah, and I complete enough games that I feel like it's worth buying something. Right now, I just bought a bunch of games the last month or two that I actually really want to play. So I, don't, I know that I don't, I don't want to add another Super Time Sync game to my plate because mm-hmm. I, already, I already have one of those right now. But yeah, those are the big two. Skyrim Special Edition and Civ Six. Well, I guess that's a good good point for me to transition because speaking of time sinks, and we you know this is a game you brought up on the first episode we did, but for the last two weeks I've been completely addicted to Stardew Valley, and I've because it's in, great. Yeah, I've clocked in like sixty hours in two weeks, which is a lot for me because for like the last month before that I hadn't gotten that much actual gaming and time in. That basically. So what do you like about it? Yeah, it's just really fun i just i feel like i could sit down and then suddenly three hours pass and like where did all that time go and like 
Normally, it's not. I didn't think it would be the type of game I would actually enjoy to play, since I I usually like more action-oriented games like shooters. But I don't know. Something about it's just really relaxing. I can just lean back and farm. <laughs> and and what's interesting is that it doesn't actually get boring, even though there's some aspect of repetition to it. But there's a lot of different things you can do, so if you get bored of farming for a while, you can go explore a mine and fight things, or you can just relax and fish for a while. So there's a lot mm -hmm. of variety of things you can do to uh, break up the repetition. I think you will find as you start to finish things, like, you know, you finish the mine and unlock the second one, and, like, maybe you get a certain milestone in your farm. Um, that's where it started to get a little bit boring for me, just because I feel like I was accomplishing a lot. And then I like didn't have new set goals to achieve, but I don't really think it's the fault of the game yeah. so much as it of me as a player. Like I was optimizing the shit out of my days, yeah. like I was doing things on the clock, whereas it's really unnecessary. Yeah, I, I, I tend to take my time with things since I sort of, I sort of, because usually for games, I like, like I said, I like really fast-paced games. So for me, taking things slow in this game makes it even more relaxing for me. But even then, I guess I can see where you're coming from with some of the stuff, like. After you completing something, it feels like, what do I do now? Right. But I also like that sense of accomplishment. And like, I set a goal, like, okay, I'm gonna focus on getting this house upgrade or whatever. And then, okay, I did that. I feel like I accomplished something. And then I'll, aside from like some of the quests that you can get, I like, I set my own goals of things I want to do, and then I achieve them, and then it feels good. <laughs> so, what's your current goal in the game? Well, I just finished Lasko, which was to get the the third house upgrade, and now I haven't really taken the time to figure out what I want to do next. But I've almost completed the second year, I guess. Oh wow! Okay, you're pretty and far yeah, then. Yeah, I got through two years in two weeks, which is pretty impressive. Time has a funny way of doing that, you know. Yeah. Two years, two weeks, same thing. Well, <laughs> game time. <laughs> It certainly helps if in game is in game day is only like definitely less than an hour, especially if you don't if you go to bed like at like a reasonable hour instead of like staying up until when it forcibly makes you fall asleep at two a.m. So you can get through a lot of days in a short amount of time, especially especially that especially comes into play in like in the winter when you can't grow any crops. So you're like, okay, normally I would get up and spend like two, three in-game hours doing all the shit on the farm, except there's no crops, so... Right. Okay, it's like 30 minutes into the day, and I've done everything. Now what? Or you just go to the mine and get yourself exhausted. Yeah. That's yeah, what I, I did. That. I was just like... Yeah, and I was talking to someone else from Tayu who's been playing it recently, and it's like, okay, I guess I'll just go back to bed now. Just like real winter. Yeah. If you've got seasonal affective disorder... <laughs> My siblings do. So yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. So that's it for that. And then I guess before that, I was playing a bit of Batman Arkham Knight before I got completely sucked into uh, Stardew. Because last episode we were talking about how I was going through all the Arkham games. And since then I've completely finished Arkham City and then I bought Arkham Knight because it was on sale. And I got like maybe one or two hours into that before Stardew consumed my life. So what one were you enjoying more? Like, did you enjoy Arkham Asylum's more, like, compact sort of uh, design versus Arkham City, which is, like, a lot of, like, micro areas all just yeah. in a city? Well, with Arkham City, it, it was an open world, yeah, but 
it didn't feel like it was a bunch of random stuff. Like, a lot of times, especially with Ubisoft-type games, where it's just like, here's a world filled with a bunch of icons where you can go do things, and it's like the same activity like four or five, ten times. Whereas Arkham City, it felt like every every area in the city had a purpose, and like there was something to do there. And it wasn't like the same activity like 50 times, which was good. So it did, it, while it was open world, it didn't feel like an open world game. Fair enough. And then, so far for Arkham Knight, it feels like it's a much bigger space, but I haven't gotten far enough into it to sort of see how that affects it. But they also give you the Batmobile, which makes getting around a lot quicker, so that might help uh, with feeling like you're taking forever to go from point A to point B. And I think I really like the way that Arkham Knight looks. Like It's good to have a computer that can run it well, since... Well, definitely being a, the next gen from the previous ones, I think it looks really good, and I think it it they've found the level of polish on it that it feels like it plays really smoothly. But I'm not I'm not quite sure how I feel about the reliance on the Batmobile combat stuff yet, because it makes it feel like a very different type of game. Is it buggy for you, or do you have a version where like most of it's been resolved? Well, I think they've definitely patched some. Like, I know the PC version was completely broken when they first launched it, and I actually had to pull it off the Steam store for a while. But so far, I haven't had any, like, bad bugs happen yet. But, I mean, I'm not that far into it, so... Hopefully I don't run into any, but we'll, only time will tell whether or not I will. Fair enough. Yeah, beyond that, I don't think I have much else to say about it, since I haven't played it in a while. Like I said, Stardew Valley is eating up all my free time right now. But I think I think the way rate I'm playing that I'll probably I don't know maybe a couple more weeks of that and then I'll burn myself out on that and go back to Batman. But that's really all I've been playing lately. What about Marth? What's he been playing? Well, if you must know, I have been playing Bad Rats, and uh, really, it's okay. And that's all I have to say about that. I don't, I don't believe you. <laughs> 10 out of 10, best description ever. <laughs> but would well, you expect anything less from Mars? To be fair, I, I do actually have two hours put into the game, but that's only to get card drops, so it is oh, no. absolutely hmm. as bad as you've heard. It's, it's like the worst rated game on Steam, right? No, actually, it's got mixed or slightly... Po- I think it might actually have positive reviews, even. Because people, like, enjoy the yeah. fact that it's terrible, right? Like, uh, I'm, I'm checking that right now. It's mostly positive. It's overall 75% positive. But it's ironically positive. Yes, right? it's ironically positive. Like, you've got that review, the one that I was actually quoting, it's okay at something like 10,000 going on 11,000 hours in-game. Mind you, that just means he left the window open for ten thousand hours, not actually playing. Yeah, no. I, I know. I know some people have done that with some games, just yeah. because they thought it would be funny to have like some weird yeah. Yeah. Japanese game as like their most played game on Steam. But you know, ten thousand hours, it's okay. Complete <laughs> review. That's it. <laughs> the, the thing with Bad Rats, though, is it's actually like that bad of a game like yes it's bad but when when total biscuit first like ripped that game apart that was before steam Greenlight happens so before oh, yeah. they open the floodgate it's... to all kinds of garbage there there are much many many much worse that, games that than bad rats true. 
Like, to be especially fair, especially since that, like the whole green light thing, oh, yeah. especially since like um, publishers uh, basically started releasing like crap games from like 1997 that sat in a Walmart bargain bin for six bucks. What was what was that game? Uh, game developer that got pulled from Steam? Something digital oh, homicide? Yeah, yeah. Anything that's, by them is far worse actually, than that. Yeah, that's that game great. There's like uh, there's like six or seven publishers that have gotten pulled off Steam now just because they've they've been putting um, uh, large quantities of basically like crap obsolete games, just dumping them on Steam and basically flooding the front page with them. Uh, because there there were some publishers like they'd released like thirty five games that they paid like ten bucks to get the rights for, and they just dumped them all on Steam in one day. There's several guys doing this, and a lot of them have gotten banned now, thank God, but, yeah. That sounds like a not great situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Welcome Some... to Steam Greenlight. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I mean, what can you do, though? The, the problem is, you don't... If you, if you become selective, then people complain that they're not getting on Steam. You open up the floodgates to basically everyone, and people complain that there's no quality control. So, what do you do? How do you satisfy everyone? You guess you try to have to find some sort of happy medium. The only problem is that Valve only has like 15... (laughs) Say again, P.A.T.? The only problem is that Valve only has like 15 employees. Right? Yeah. And even if you do like crowdsourcing, clearly that doesn't work because now your publisher is paying people to post a review just so it gets a good score. It's really shady. I'll give you free keys if you upload... Yeah, there's yeah, a lot of shady stuff happening in the, in the industry as a whole too. It's it's a bunch of crap. Yeah, microtransactions in sixty dollars games because games got to make money somehow. <laughs> money, 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 money. Loads of money. Like, I like Capcom, for instance. They says we they they say uh, we're not going to make Mega Man Legends three because there's not enough demand. It, it doesn't make financial sense for us to make it, but. If they made that game in like PS One era graphics with like a team of like thirty people, people would still buy it. I'd still pay thirty bucks for it. You know? I think you could pull it off with less than thirty people. Yeah, probably. But companies aren't going to do that because they don't want just profit; they want all the money. So when Resident Evil Six sells like ten million copies somehow, that's still considered a loss for them because they spent so much more money on it. But it was Did that game really game? sell a hundred million. Uh, 10 million, something like that. At least like 7 million, 8 million, something like that. But it did sell a lot of copies. Wow. Well, isn't wow. that the one that everyone hates, though? Yeah, yeah, that and 5 are both regarded as awful. Well, 5, I've heard a five little is, bit more positive. Like, yeah. not not great, but like, apparently it's a pretty decent co-op game. Like, if you don't treat it as a traditional Resident Evil game, like if it had been called something else, maybe... It might have been more well received. I think yeah. I've heard that too, but I've well, never actually played a Resident Evil game. Yeah, I'm, I'm, really? I'm just talking out of my butt here. Start, start with the, yeah, here. the first one. That's the best one. <laughs> Is it actually good, PHC? I was going to ask you that. Oh, it's phenomenal. It's it's easily one of my top three games of all time. Is that Resident Evil remake? I, I love that game. That's available on Steam, right? Yes. Yeah, it's it's like twenty bucks on Steam. I think it's on sale right now on the Halloween sale. I could be wrong, but I think oh. it is. If it's on Steam, then I'll have to check it out. I know. I think Soma's a lot of the problem right with those games is that I never really had the systems they were on, except I guess they remade that on the GameCube. But I think that came out at a time when 
I wasn't really into that sort of type of game. It is on sale. Yeah, it won't be by the time this goes up, but it is right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm planning on having this release on Halloween, so. Well, in that case, it's on sale, so go buy. And it. that's in that that's gonna be in there. So uh, when it doesn't, I can just, just have edit. everybody listen. Yeah, I can just edit that out if it's not. But the goal. <laughs> no, it's is, okay. We got 38 hours. Yeah. We're good. Yeah, the goal is yeah. <laughs> tomorrow morning. I'm just gonna get up and start editing this. Oh no! I just timed the episode. Bum bum. Oh jeez. <laughs> I just had a thought about Resident Evil 6. I just realized that normally when companies report their sales for a game, they're actually reporting that the unit shipped. I don't know if it's actually sold 7, 8 million because you can still walk into a lot of stores and buy it for 10 bucks brand new because they still have stock of it. So there might be some still sitting there. Yeah, that's true. Probably a lot. Yeah. Just well, I, yeah. I got my copy at a pawn shop for $1.25. That is wow. on PS3. So <laughs> wow, well done. That's a good deal. Well, no, I have this uh, this really good pawn shop in uh, it, uh, up in Barrie, which is like a twenty minute drive from me. But like, I walked in there a couple days ago, and I got uh, the Halo Remaster Three, Halo Three ODST, Halo Four, uh, X Men Origins Wolverine, and Sunset Overdrive for less than twenty bucks for all of them. So yeah, you keep on bragging. <laughs> keep on no, doing it's that. Pawn shop. It's a great that, pawn that's, shop. that's what everybody wants to hear. So. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. that if you want. I'm just Precisely. <laughs> <laughs> P.S. <clears throat> I've uh, I've been playing some other actual good games. You know, imagine that me playing games. Crazy. Uh, what, I've games been other than Rocket League. Oh yeah, I've been playing Rocket League. I actually haven't been playing a lot of Rocket League lately. I've been distracted by other games, but yes, Rocket League. Rocket League is my life. It is all-consuming. It is everything I love and hate. That's intense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's the greatest game of all time when I'm doing good Rocket in it, and love. I absolutely Rocket hate every life. moment of it. I'm losing. <laughs> but you still keep because I know it's all my fault. All of it. Every second of it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a lot of competitive multiplayer games are like that. I know. Where, I should stop playing them because they're where just. You, when you're winning, it feels amazing. When you're losing, and you you just get really pissed off. Which I know. Yeah. I played a lot of uh, Halo multiplayer back in the day, and I know I definitely had a lot of feelings like that. Like when I was on the winning team, it was like this is really fun. And when losing, I'm just like raging, and it's not fun. See. I know some people who, when they're losing or things aren't going their way, they get really angry. Me, I don't get angry. I just get like, ugh, why am I even playing this? Yeah, I, should, I know. I get I that should feeling. just all F4. Let's put on something else. Let's watch something on Netflix instead. Yeah. You know, that'll be yeah. that'll be more fun. Yeah. Like when I was younger, I used to get angry at games, but now I just get mildly annoyed. I'm like, why am I playing this right now? There's yeah, that's... so much better things I could be doing with my time. <laughs> exactly. That's when like, things. I'd rather going be well. sitting at my computer doing nothing than playing this right now. And it's so much worse when you have friends there with you and you're playing with them, and you're just thinking, "I have no desire to play this game anymore." But if I quit out, they're like, "Ah, oh, you got salty. Let them go." Or like, on the, on the other side, it's like, <laughs> like when you're playing with your friends, you play terribly. Except when you're not with your friends, you do amazingly. Like that Actually, it's so usually much. the other way around for me. <laughs> uh, I get that a lot, where it's like, I swear I'm good at this game, guys. Nah. 
I'm at least when it comes to stuff with small numbers, I'm terrible by myself. Yeah, yeah. I need what to. I, what I was saying happened to me a lot in Halo, where I play play with some of my online friends, and I realized the reason was is that they were so much better than me that while I was doing good, they were stealing the spotlight. Yeah, where it's like I'm doing good, but this guy is carrying our team. So what's the point? <laughs> Because, yeah, I, yeah, I knew some guys who were... It's what nihilistic yeah. experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They were like, what is even positive? gaming? They were, or... like, so ridiculously good at the game. It was Why am I even here? Of... Yeah. We are so positive about our yeah. multiplayer games. Speaking of getting carried, Overwatch. I... Don't play ranked? No problem. Yes. Okay. So, I'm not even high enough level to do that. I just bought the game the other, well, like, maybe a week ago? Yeah, it would have been a week ago or so. And I am nowhere near as salty as I thought I'd be with it. I really thought it was going to be a game where I'd play a match, I'd lose, and then I'd call it a night. (laughs) (laughs) But for some reason, even when I lose, I don't get too mad about it. So... I might actually get less upset about losing in Overwatch than I do with Rocket League, which is pretty darn impressive. I mean, Overwatch is built, literally designed to make it so every player at one point in the game, if not more, can do something that like can either turn the tide or like feel heroic. You know, like obviously I'm referring to their ultimates, but the general idea is like it empowers you as a player, even if you're not playing that well, or even if as a team you're losing. You might still be able to do one thing to potentially either turn the game or at least have a moment of like, yeah, okay, I felt like this was fun. Yeah. I mean, fair enough, and I have to give Blizzard credit for it. It is a very well-made game. And, you know, I don't really have any major complaints about it. It's just... Simmons, really don't play ranked. Games. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have no intention on playing ranked. I never play ranked in any you're good. game. You'll just have I, fun. I have no desire to actually play competitively in any games that are multiplayer. I'm not in it for the competition. I'm in it just to have a good time, you know, just, you know, play with friends or even just random people. Have a good time. That's it. I think that's definitely a good mindset to have when playing games. Yeah, it's... I definitely end up playing support and healers and Lucio and Lucio and Lucio and May and Lucio. That that's basically all I play. <laughs> you know, I'm just kind of pushing everyone around and pumping up the beat. I never get to play the game because I'm the healer. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. I mean, I'm having fun, so yeah. And then I, besides Overwatch, I just completed Shadow Warrior earlier today and. Uh, it's a really good game that lasts way too long. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> you don't know anything about it? Nope. Nope? Wow. So Shadow Warrior is kind of more... Well, it was originally a build engine game, the uh, same game engine that Duke Nukem used, and it was released like 97, I think, something like that. And then they remade it recently, uh, or I should say... Uh, Flying Wild Hog remade it. The guys behind uh, Hard Reset. And I say recently, that was three years ago. But it's an arcade shooter, so very unrealistic. You know, you go around slicing people to death and, you know, shotgunning demons and all that. But 
you know, it's solid. It's fast paced. You know, melee combat's pretty darn fun. But as I said, it's got 17 chapters, and I really wish it had been done by like chapter 10. So it almost goes on twice as long as it should. Yeah. Well, then. because while the gameplay is fantastic, and while I enjoyed the story, it just there were times where levels went on much longer than I would have liked. It just kept going. And to be fair, part of it's almost certainly my fault because it's a game with secrets everywhere, and I'm one of those people where if there are secrets, I must find it. I must find it unaided. So, of course, I'm running around looking for secrets, and that can be boring at times. Because you don't... Like take forever. Yeah, exactly. Looking for secrets without using a guide or anything. Oh, I know. Man. Why would you do that so, to yourself? I know. I know. It's a terrible idea, and that's why I'm like, partially my fault. But at the same time, it still felt like it was too long. I don't know. As I, I might go back and play it again, this time kind of ignoring secrets, and see if I, it was better that way. Maybe, as I said, maybe it's completely my fault. You know, it's a fantastic throwback shooter. You know, it's not like Battlefield or Call of Duty or that it's not just another military shooter. It's something fun where you go around blasting demons, body parts, spraying blood everywhere, you know. Sounds like a good time. Yeah, Until good, EA violent time. Until EA gets a hold time. of it and makes it into a... Say Until EA gets a hold of it and makes it into a multi, uh, modern military shooter. Yeah, I'm waiting for Shadow Warrior 3. Yep. Featuring Jarhead. Yes. Speaking of Jarheads, <laughs> well, not Marines, but I've been playing another game called uh, Squad, which is a another multiplayer shooter. Yeah, exciting. Multiplayer shooters, right? And it's a military first-person shooter. Oh, man. Oh, this man. sounds like an original idea. Go on. Oh, oh. But it's a realistic military shooter Whoa. oh my gosh this is yeah it's it's by the if you've ever heard of project reality have I you think so that that was a battlefield 2 mod that tried to make things more realistic you had uh, larger maps and you had supply lines you know one shot would kill you stuff like that so it takes that idea but takes it out of the battlefield 2 engine which was that came out Ten years ago. Yeah, that's pretty old. And puts it in the Unreal Engine 4. So everything runs a lot smoother. It looks a lot better. But it's early access, so when I say everything runs a lot smoother, eh, in some ways it does. In some ways. Oh god, the frame rates are bad. (laughs) (laughs) But they're working on it. And... It looks fantastic. It plays fantastic. I'm really looking forward to seeing where they're going with it because there's really not anything out there quite like it. Because you got battlefields and that, but they're not really aiming for realism. You got Arma, which is a sandbox where you can play things like Squad, where it'd be kind of like a battlefield type thing, but realistic, but that can be difficult to set up. The engine can be really janky. It's taxing on hardware. 
you know, getting everything set up so that you can get something like Squad is difficult. So Squad aims to have the ease of Battlefield while still having like the gameplay type of Arma. And on that note, it succeeds. At least so far. Fair enough. So I'm really looking forward to when it has a full where, release. Yeah, uh, when they get more vehicles, because vehicles were only added a couple m- months ago, uh, August. Yeah, that's For a while there, it was just infantry. And it's only a few vehicles. We're going to be getting more, hopefully tanks at some point. Yeah. Tanks are always fun. Oh, yeah. So I look forward to seeing that. You know, they're going to be implementing dragging mechanics so that you can get buddy buddies are downed over to medics safely. Stuff like that. Little things. It's going to be great. It's going to make America great again. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> on that note, what? I got nothing. Just like America. <laughs> oh, yeah. <We're... laughs> oh, man. If we had nothing, I think it'd be better. What? America. America? Yeah. If we had nothing, I think it'd be better. Nothing might be more qualified. Yep. Yeah. I don't well, know about you guys, but I'm voting for a ham sandwich. Well, when it all goes to hell, we can all go up north and join PHC in Canada. Nope. I hear they're not letting us in anymore. Nope. Are they at least apologizing at the border? Times. <laughs> well, no, it's we're... hard for it's actually hard for Americans to emigrate here. Yeah, it no, is I actually. Just, just, yeah, yeah, no, I was just making a joke since yeah. since you're the only one who's not from the U.S. in here right now. What? Yeah, he's not from the U.S.A. I'm the diversity. That's yes. not right. <laughs> it's terrifying, isn't Can it? We come to your country as illegal aliens. Because there's no sense of irony in that. (laughs) We come in peace. We have have a guy running for prime minister right now. He's actually promising to build a wall along the American border to keep all the Americans out. That's hilarious. God, Canada's got its own Trump. Our bad people. (laughs) This podcast got strangely political all of a sudden. (laughs) That's why I'm not being specific. I'm just waiting for a turning point. Yeah, I'm so sorry, guys. It's all my fault. Don't worry about it. I regret nothing. Go play that one game where you protect the president who conveniently looks like Donald Trump on Steam. <laughs> that game is so ridiculous. There's um, our tie-in. Yeah, oh, I, I watched. I watched some of the. I watched it on Game Grumps, and it, it's just ridiculous looking. Oh. It, it's just Mr. President. That's what's yeah, called. Yeah. That, yeah, Mr. President. It's a total like parody of the election, and it's goofy and. The physics are janky as all hell. Like, do you play? It's you, a brilliant yeah. idea. Yeah, basically, you're, you play as a, a security guard. Yeah, and, you and you're to, protecting to, Rump, <clears throat> President Rump. Pres- yeah. Well, yeah. Ronald Rump, and you play as Dick Rockhard Johnson, <laughs> a bulletproof man. But yeah, like. <laughs> So this game is going for a very serious tone. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. So, oh yeah. Yeah. The physics are so. This is realism. And, like. If you like walk down the stairs, you'll completely fall over, and his arms and legs are like I do that all the time. They're just like noodles. The trailer enough is just all you need. Just go watch the trailer. Yeah, I tell you, every time I take a step down the stairs, I'm just afraid that I'm going to turn into a wet noodle and just you know bounce all around. 
That's how it really works, right? The, f- the fear is real. That's why I avoid stairs. What if they did a hybrid where it was like uh, How I Saved the President or whatever it's called and like Octodad? So like you're playing as Octodad, it's like a secret service guy blocking bullets for the president. This is almost that, it's if you very, watch the trailer. It's a, very that's similar. A, almost, that's, a, that's a surprisingly apt description. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's good then. I it's... I suddenly remember though, there's a game. I want to say it came on like two. There's a game? Really? No. Wow. Hold on. I wrote a guess. Finish my thought. Don't touch food. <laughs> anyway. uh, this game that came out in like 2006, 2007-ish. Or I believe it was the Xbox and the PS... No, the Xbox 360 and the PS2. And it was called Secret Service. And it was by Activision. One of the teams that made like the newer Call of Duties made this game called Secret Service. And it was basically a first-person shooter where you're a Secret Service guy protecting the president. I don't know why I remember that. I've never played it. I know it had terrible review scores when it came out. But that reminded me of that. So there you go. What a story, Mark. Exactly. That was the beginning, a middle, and an end. Wow. It had yeah. all the components of a story. Exactly. That's clapping. I really hope that was clapping. <laughs> <laughs> I realized after I started clapping. Oh, I think it rhymes with gonna... clapping. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, were there any other new games that came out recently that you that we can oh, talk guys, about? That we can. I'm really today? looking forward to Titanfall two. You know, just like everyone else, right? Yeah. yeah. Isn't that out already? Actually, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it came out. I I, I think all the pre-release reviews are out now. I don't think the game actually launched until Tuesday. I could be wrong though. But I actually okay. kind of enjoyed the first Titanfall. So. Oh. Um, okay, it is out, and Battlefield 1... Is also out, I think. Is also out. That came out that the 21st. And when's the new Call of Duty coming out? Soon, I think. They usually come out in November, if I remember correctly. What's the new Call of Duty called? Infinite Warfare? Infinite Warfare. <laughs> yeah, that's it. November 4th. So that's next week. Yeah, yeah no, Friday. Friday. This Friday. So... Yeah, this is such a great time to be a launching. Fan. Uh, yeah, this is a great time to be a military shooter fan because you've got tons of options. Make know? FPS is great again. Mm-hmm. Implying they were never great in the first place. Well, Seems. they weren't. Implying they weren't. They were ever great in the first place. Exactly. Hey. <laughs> here's but, here's the thing though. Like, hmm? oh, I was just gonna hmm? say, like, they're all military shooters, but they're all like not the same. Oh no! Of, uh... They're not all the same game. To be no, fair. but they're starting to go in different directions. Yeah, yeah. Like they're not. They're not all set in Afghanistan and Iraq. I mean, they all, all three have the same themes. Yeah, but they're not. They're not all like modern war shooters anymore. Like Battlefield's going back to World War One. No, uh, of course, Titanfall's got right. mechs, and then Space. Infinite Warfare. They're going like in a very, very Space. different direction for for Call of Duty. Yep. Where it's going for a much more sci-fi. Gotta answer the future Call of Duty, you know. Which actually mm-hmm. has me, like, slightly interested. It, Not enough that I get it right now, but yeah. maybe, like, in, like, however many years when they finally sell it for a cheaper price. It's like, if you look on Steam, like, 
Call of Duty games that are like six iterations old are still selling for like sixty dollars. It's like why? Because money. Because they can. Exactly. But yeah. are people what even still country? buying those? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I've seen it. Happens. Plus plus Activision doesn't drop its prices at all on like there's still Transformers games. Like guarantee nobody's yeah. buying that are still going for like sixty bucks. Yeah, that's there. true. Activision yeah. is like four years old. Doesn't really do these sale things. Well, that's because they figure they can make enough money. Just people buy it anyway because they know Activision doesn't sell. They, they know the discounts aren't going to be great, so they'll just buy it anyway if they really want it. Meaning they can keep yeah. the prices high because uh, why decrease right. it? They'll buy it anyway. Yeah, but of the three, the one I would be most interested in is probably Titanfall 2. Since I really like, I enjoyed the first one for a while. Well, congratulations! You are the one fan who's going to buy it, right? Hey, hey. there are like way yeah. more people who are way more likely to play it than I am. Yeah, the, which I, well, I was like, going we, to say we earlier. Did, in Titanfall One, we did several game nights on the on really? Xbox. Like, I mean, there was at most I think we got like four or five people there, but it was pretty fun, and we ran like we won like nine games in a row. It was pretty fun. Cool. And then we all raged because there was an achievement in the game to get win ten straight matches, and we lost the tenth one. Except the one guy who would who would played he had won his previous match before that before we started the game night who got it. And we were, oh man, we were all so mad at him. Yay, that one guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that never happened again. And then I think that was one of the last game nights we had. But yeah, I think Titanfall 1 kind of dropped off on the PC, and then it was still going strong on Xbox One for quite a while, though. But I, I believe Titanfall 2 is releasing on PlayStation consoles as well, I think. Yep, I believe. Let's see. It is. But the problem remains, it's launching right in the middle between Battlefield and Call of Duty. Who in the world thought this was a good idea? It's not as bad yeah. as Battleborn right before Overwatch, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's literally shooting just... yourself in the foot. Well, the problem there is that I think... I, I, I believe think... it's a little bit more than shooting yourself in the foot. It's more like shooting the entire lower half of your body off uh, and your arms afterwards. As you go free to play. Well, I think, I think what happened there was that they had their release and then Blizzard's just like, haha, fuck you, we're going to release our, our uh, whatchamacallit, our beta right now. And Maybe, yeah. They, they completely, intentionally, I think, sort of overshadowed it. I think it's six and half a dozen, you know, a little bit of both. Yep. Well, that, that game's basically dead now. <laughs> it is, unfortunately. And it looks good. 50,000 people it used to play well. this game. Well, like, Akaga, now it's a ghost town. To play it, but then, like, there weren't enough people, so, like, for the people who were there, like, the Master was completely unbalanced because there weren't enough of a player base there. If you even got into a match. Yeah, and if you did, it was like you're fighting against all like super high ranked people, and then like they've Gearbox has said they're not going free to play with it, so that could be like the one way they could have expanded their player base, but they're kind of screwed now. So I believe this is the point where somebody brings up the Nintendo Switch, right? You know, yeah, that's the, the thing the that just got announced. We should talk about that. Should brought it up when I was talking about Skyrim. Yeah. Yes. Um, that's not confirmed, by the way. That. Is not confirmed to be porting to the Switch, even though they showed it in the trailer. Like nothing's. Why confirmed. would they show it in the trailer if it's not confirmed? Nor is the NBA game. It's it's not confirmed. That's nothing's confirmed. Well, anyway, yeah. what do you guys think about it? 
I think it's a great idea that's going to work well for Nintendo, and that's yeah, no, that's about it. You know, people kind of hate it, but whatever. What the Switch? Yeah. yeah. People hate the Switch. There are going to be people that are like, "Oh, it's not going to be powerful enough." And yeah, whatever. Well, I, I saw something today saying that it only has four gig RAM. Yeah. Like, is is it going to be running Fear or like games from two thousand seven? Because that that seems like not a lot of RAM. Well, especially considering how cheap RAM is. On top of that, it's going to be using a. Uh, is it Tegra? Is that the Nvidia? Oh, the new NVIDIA card? I, I don't remember what it's, it's called. It's like, yeah, it's the NVIDIA Tegra. Uh, it's, basic, it's an ARM processor with uh, an NVIDIA GPU. It's basically the same things. It, it is literally the same thing that uh, NVIDIA was trying to ship with Android. So it's a system on a chip designed for mobile systems. Which means it's going to be great for gaming on the go, but at the same time, it's not... It's not going, going to the power be of a home console. Healthy skepticism is warranted, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. for console so games. I mean, I mean I've, I've had that feeling just with Nintendo in general for a while now. I think but, anyone who doesn't have that feeling with Nintendo is lying to themselves, yeah, think, to be honest. Because so, that's not what Nintendo we shoots gamers, for. We're always like, we all want Nintendo to succeed, but we can't help but feel a little bit skeptical about what they're doing. So, here's the thing. Is it going to be more powerful than the Wii U? Almost certainly. Is it going to be much more powerful than the Wii U? Probably not. Probably not. Actually, even if it is more powerful, it might not be by all that much. It's not going to be a P- equivalent to the ri- the original PS4, the original Xbox One. It's not going to be even close to the new Xbox One that's coming out, or the PS4, K, whatever you want to call it. Wasn't aiming for that in the first place. Yeah, it wasn't uh, aiming for that. It's... More like a souped-up 3DS than anything else. And so here's a question for you guys: Do you think they're going to mer- market portable and console to just be the Switch? Like they'll just have the Switch? I really hope so because if so, it's a great idea because that means Nintendo is no longer split between their home and mobile. And consoles. I agree. They're they can focus on one thing and focus on doing it really, really well. And if that's their plan, then I think it's genius. Especially considering Nintendo and Japan, mobile game mobile games are their big seller. That's their thing. It also, however, means yeah. you could also play all those games on your TV in your living yeah. room if you wanted to, which would be yeah. really cool. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, if that, that is their plan, what I want. if that is their plan, I think it's a fantastic idea, and I fully support them on. And if they plan on continuing to make DS games, if they plan on making yet another mobile console on top of the Switch, I think Nintendo is shooting themselves in the foot and being a bunch of idiots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's the same calling them out on Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing, too. Like I, I've, I've heard other people echo the same sort of... If I look at my 3DS library and my Wii U library, like those two combined about equal my Wii or DS library. It's like so much third-party support dropped right off for both Nintendo consoles. Nobody really talks about that, but like both Nintendo consoles are really lacking in good third-party titles. So by combining the two, I mean, then I can get all the Nintendo stuff, but if if third parties are going to continue to ignore this thing and just make for the Xbox One and the PS4, 
I don't know if I'm even going to be that interested in the Switch because I'm not that interested in Nintendo IPs. Like, I like my Pokemon. I like my... Even then, like, I like my Zelda, but only some of the time. I like my Fire Emblem, but only some of the time. Like, I'm really not sold on what Nintendo's doing right now. Like, they're they're leaning so heavily on their new IPs and not really innovating with many of their IPs. Like, there's Splatoon and stuff, but eh, I, I don't know. I mean, I... I, I want to be really optimistic about it because I really want to, like, I want them to have another glory era like they had on the SNES days, but I, I'm very skeptical at this point. I, I, I think the, the console is great, but once I saw that it's only got, like, four gigs of RAM and once I saw it's only got, like, three hours battery life, it's like they should be going for at least the standard of the PS4 Pro or whatever, but they're not even doing that. It's like they're doing the same thing again and they're going to end up with the same problem where nobody wants to make exclusive software for just the one system. I mean... Okay, now that I cleared out my ears, could you say that again, but a little bit more optimistic this time? <laughs> Damn. Where I just heard, like, the most pessimistic thing. To, to a degree, <laughs> though, I, I don't disagree. Oh, no. But to also be expecting the PS4 Pro level of power is completely unrealistic. Sure. Because this is, at its heart, a mobile console that's also got the ability to be a home console, but really, it's a mobile console. Let's be honest with ourselves. That's what it is. And when you look at it that way, things start making more sense. Yeah, at the same time, though, I mean, Nintendo has always made their games for Nintendo fans. So you yeah. kind of are, you are or you are not a fan. Yeah. And even further past that, if they do end up merging mo- both consoles, I feel like they'll have enough continuous draw to buy. They're like ship consoles. Like if yeah, they release an Animal Crossing, like people are going to buy this way. That's why I'm thinking this is a great idea if that's what they're doing. So, well, only time will tell if that's what they're actually doing. But Who do you have yeah. to say, DS? Come on, say something. The, the thing with the 3DS too <laughs> is like I, I I can't speak for everyone. Like I can only speak for my own. Um, among the people that I know that have a 3DS, um, they only have a few titles, like maybe three or four, but they still bought the 3DS. Uh, I think that's probably the case for a lot of, um, uh, like, yeah. like I don't know, I, I hate to use the term core gamers, but a lot of those people that do spend a lot of money on games, they, they, they bought the thing anyway. I think the Switch is going to be a sim- similar boat. If you can attract people with, like, four or five good titles, it'll, be, uh, it'll probably be good enough yeah. for Nintendo. And I think that's what they're going for. Yeah, I'm definitely one of those people you just described. I have I have five games for my 3DS, and they're all either Pokemon or Zelda. Yeah, sounds about right. That's that's a pretty common story. But I mean, but for really those a, five games, they're really good games for what they are. Exactly. Yeah, Nintendo granted, have granted like two of them of the year yeah, great, yeah. dust, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah it went. For, it, it went for like a year almost without being touched, and then randomly, I recently picked it back up and started going to actually finish Omega Ruby, which I started, like, a year ago. And then I finished that up. Which I guess I should have mentioned when we were talking about what I was playing, but... I mean, that's a remake of a game that came out a while back, so... There's not much new stuff there. It's okay, I'm doing yeah. the same thing with Skyrim. And I guess, yeah... I still haven't played... Yeah. I still haven't played Skyrim. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, now's the time! It's been, it's been, what, five years? It has been five years. Yeah. Yeah. So now really is not the time, though. I think like six from makes the six months from now 
is going to be the time, I think, because by then mods will catch up. Yeah, definitely. I mean, mods are already out for it, yeah. which is nice. Some mods, but not all of them. Agreed. Especially some of the really important ones. Like, I know there's SKSE, which I can't remember what it stands for, but a lot of mods depend on it, including the Sky UI mod. It's true. Sky UI is not in the game. Yeah. That's an important thing to have. <laughs> so, stuff like that, I think that'll clear up in like six months. Maybe longer, but if not less, honestly, the game, yeah, maybe less. Yeah. Skyrim came out at a really bad time for me because I was in college and I didn't have the time to sink into an RPG with that much stuff to do. But now I have a lot of free time, so obviously, so if I can find time to play sixty hours of a game in two weeks, then I have time to play that. That came out while I was in high school. This is, Making this me is feel old. I'm <laughs> trying. Well, what, when in high school was it? Uh, that would have been my sophomore year. Oh, uh, maybe, maybe junior year, depending on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I was a freshman in college when it came out, so that's not that much of a gap. Yeah. No. Not much. It still makes me feel slightly old. <laughs> I'm trying to, and succeeding. Yes, you have succeeded. <laughs> Alright. I was going to try and get my word in, but you guys kept going. No. Well, no, you can't. Yeah. You're not allowed. You're done. No, You're done no. for the rest of the podcast. No, you can can't look. speak anymore. <laughs> no, but sort of, sort of, I just kind of wanted to bounce off what DS was saying about like not having time to play a game anymore. I I sort of have the same issue. Like Right now, like I'm, I'm between jobs to so like have the time, but now I just don't even want to dedicate the time because we have games now that can tell a story in like a more succinct period of time like sort of what i said before with like the walking simulators and all that it's like if you want to just tell a story you can tell a story or you can go get like a visual novel where it's like literally nothing but story you know there, there, there's more things now so for me sitting down with an rpg like i think this is part of why i hated fallout 4 because it's like i just don't want to waste a lot of time just wandering around anymore like it's just it's not fun like i need like if I'm gonna spend that much time, like keep me um, engaged in it. I actually forgot yeah, I, I had I, Fallout Four. <laughs> <laughs> my, my friend yeah. gave it to me as a graduation present for college, and I started oh, it, right. and then I played like ten minutes, and then I got tired yeah. and went to bed, and then I stopped playing it <laughs> because all these other games came out that I wanted to play, and uh, I just sort of stuck it on the back burner. Who plays games anyway? <laughs> yeah, Don't you know you're only like supposed I'm... to collect them? I'm finding I'm gaming less. Like, I just care as much. If I can find, like, one game that gets my attention, then I'll sit down and, like, I'll play it through. But it's... I, I feel like for the last few years, like, game has kind of changed so that they are making, like, these big open-world sandboxy things. And so much of game, at least for the past, like, 10 years or so, has, has tried to capture that sort of model in like in, like, a big way where they're fully copying it. Or in a little way where they're just taking like smaller little elements of it and trying to plug it in the game. Um, I think my favorite game so far this year was Doom, and the reason for that is because there is no downtime. It's like it's a shorter game; it's like fifteen, twenty hours, but it's just action and exploring the whole game. There is no uh, wander around and speak to these NPCs and get quests yeah. and uh, it's just it, it's just it's simple it's just like go 
Go do your thing. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. on the top of my to playlist right now, of like yeah, games I don't own yet that I really want to check out because I've heard only good things about it. Yeah, twenty sixteen though in, in in gaming has been kind of weak for me. Like Pokemon's coming out, and I'm gonna get that. Um, the only other game I can really think of that I care about at all this year is Gunvolt Two, which I have, I just haven't started it yet. And aside from that, it's just like I, I'm just totally uninterested in a lot of the stuff coming out this year. It's almost like it's one of those gap years, like almost like uh, because everyone's uh, developing for the Switch and because everyone's developing with the PS4 or 4K and the Project Scorpion, whatever, in mind that they're kind of neglecting this year and shoving everything into 2017. And you look at the start of 2017, we have like Resident Evil 7, we have Zelda, we have all kinds of big stuff coming out in those first few months. Yeah, absolutely nothing came out in 2016. I mean, Literally. Fire Emblem Fades came out, and, and then, then Doom, the new Paper Doom. Mario, Mario, Luigi, and Doom. Those are my big three. Like That's all I can really think of. Civ Six, I guess. It is more of a transition year, PHC. Yeah. I, I think from a console perspective, I would agree with that. Yeah. From well, my yeah, perspective. I mean, like, yeah, on PC, there's all sorts of like smaller independent games coming out all the time. Digital Homicide. Or, or, or like Stardew Valley or whatever that came out this year too, I believe. And 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 things like Civ Six too, like that kind of like really strategy heavy, really. Um, I don't know. I want to say spreadsheety. I know that's not really fair to those genres, but but games that are a little more involved and require a little more thinking. Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess that's probably accurate. All that stuff they seem to have big titles coming out for PC, but because they're just not conducive to consoles, they don't have the same need to push to next year. Yeah. So, I would agree with that. Yeah. The console market is definitely a lot more seasonal or like there are specific release windows that they need to make for whatever reason. Whereas on PC it's more of like, oh, it's ready, let's put it out. Yeah. The the only thing that's preventing me from going on PC though is just like I've I've been burned so many times by indie games on PC. There's uh a, a big problem I find where a game looks the part but doesn't play the part. The the only thing I can think of is I, I went on a big binge, bought a lot of platformers that looked like SNES era platformers, but they don't play anywhere near as well, and they're no, nowhere nearly as interesting artistically or um or in terms of game mechanics. It's just like it, it's it's almost like playing a bad SNES game, like a bad yeah. movie tie-in SNES game. There's yeah. so much of that. It's just, it's preventing me from hopping on that bandwagon. There's a lot of shovelware that you as a consumer just need to be aware of. And then, yeah. A lot of it's just hearing what actually sounds good and then checking that out instead of looking for yourself. Well, because a lot of the independent games, the indie games I play, like, I hear someone else talk about how good it is and then I'll check it out. But I don't generally go out of my way to find those types of games Mm -hmm. unless they're recommended to me. Humble Bundle. Well, there, there, was, a bundle. there was one I got called uh, called Jump Jet Rex, and on paper it looks amazing. The trailer makes it looks look amazing, uh, and playing it like the gameplay mechanics are pretty good. But those the people that made it have no idea how to design a level, so e- the gameplay is good, but they don't give you any kind of interesting way to use uh, it with which yeah with which to use the mechanics. And it's just, there's so much of that where things just feel half done. Like they almost feel like they need like a like a professional hand kind of guiding the process. 
that's why I, I I really like like things that like I am Satsuna or whatever are coming out, and um, I I can't really think of any other examples, but I I want to see more like big indie stuff. Like even if you sell it to me for twenty thirty bucks, it's like whatever, dude. Just I want someone who knows what they're doing making it. <laughs> you know, I think that's a okay thing to want. <laughs> yeah, wanting good games. Who wouldn't want that? I like right. bad games. Maybe gamers want good games. Nah, bad games. Bad games is where it's at. Gamers want Mountain Dew and Doritos and microtransactions and open worlds with uh, all kinds of different icons on the map to collect things. Hey, guys, I've got it. Why isn't there Mountain Doritos? There is. There is? There is. There's both Dorito-flavored Mountain Dew and... And Mountain Dew-flavored Doritos? Yes. Lovely. Kill me now. I believe that's Kill me can. now. I no longer wish to live in this world. Yeah. And then I, I believe the Dorito flavored Mountain Dew is in like Brazil or something. But they they are both real products. Yeah. Not my thing. I like both separately, but not mixed together. And even then, I don't. Yeah. That's the thing. Anyway, I think on that note, it's time to wrap up. It's we've been going for like like an hour or something. Yeah. It's been a good while. I think I think we're at a good point where we've discussed everything. But and... there's so much more to discuss. So in summary, don't vote. Go buy Doritos and Mountain Dew. And Hot Pockets. No, vote for a ham sandwich. No tomato, though. No tomato. Vote for Pepsi Man. There you go. Pepsi Man! My mic just fell into a bowl, so sorry about that. Of Doritos? Yeah. Anyway... No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that does it for this episode, and hopefully, we'll be on a somewhat monthly schedule from here on out. So, assuming the world doesn't end, yes, assuming the world doesn't end, uh, we'll be bringing you the next episode at some point in November. Yeah. Anyway, this episode, yes, in November. No, this episode is happening right now in October. It's going to be out on October thirty first. You keep saying that. He's holding yeah. himself to the standard. Yeah. I if I don't if I don't if I if I keep saying it I'll actually I'll actually hold myself to that. Anyway, thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you next time.